For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. My plan to run for re-election and to win. How? How do you win? I, I, I use the word others do as relates to you right now. I'm sure you've heard all of these uh, embattled and beleaguered and maybe some other words that are out there. Folks disaffected, some of them, with A, the outcome of the elections, and B, uh, the way you are said to have handled or they would say mishandled those elections. A bit, a bit the truth is getting out. Uh, Sidney Powell's lawyers just put out a statement a few days ago that any reasonable person would not have believed her. Her claims are so outlandish. Well, we've been saying that from day one. And when people finally figure out that they were lied to, uh, I think they should be mad. They should be mad at the people that lied to them. We were consistently telling people the truth. They didn't want to hear the truth because it was a hard truth that President Trump you know, did not carry the state of Georgia. And so we ran an honest and fair election, and those were the results. All right, you mentioned let's back up and fill in some blanks here. Sidney Powell, along with Lynn Wood, and attorneys, lawyers, uh, who were in charge of at least some aspects of challenges to Georgia's election outcome. And yes, uh, to, to flesh out what the secretary is saying there, we talked about this earlier. Uh, she's being sued by a Dominion, the voting machine company, and maybe others. And she's saying in, in her defense, listen, that stuff I was saying, no reasonable person would take it seriously. As it turns out a lot of people, reasonable or otherwise, did. And you're saying, that's part of where we are now. Well, people uh, need to really uh, test what they hear, check out the facts. Every day we were sending out uh, our folks for press conferences. I did probably two or three a week uh, during that post-election time as we were you know, finishing up the race, answering people's questions and getting information out. The facts were, at the end of the day, President Trump did not carry the state of Georgia. In fact, I had a meeting with Congress, and one of those was Congressman uh, was Congressman Heiss. Uh, and I quoted uh, what I heard on December 28th from Mo Brooks, a congressman from Alabama, a conservative one. He was on Fox News, and he talked about the 20, 2005 Presidential Bipartisan Commission. And he said, since the, for the past 15 years, Congress has done nothing. And he is very right. Congress has done nothing. When Republicans, Jody Heiss, had Congress for two years, along with the Senate, and we had President Trump. We did no election reform. And as soon as Nancy Pelosi got control, the first thing she did was H.R. 1, version 1.0. Then as soon as they won all houses, they've come back with version 2.0, which is a federal takeover of elections. And Jody Heiss did nothing. He had no election reform package when he was up in Congress, when he could have done something. So now he wants to stand on his high horse and talk about our election, but when you really dig into the details, we ran an honest and fair election. At the end of the day, President Trump did not carry Georgia. Am I disappointed? Absolutely, as a Republican. But that's not my job. My job is not to put the thumb on the scale. It's to make sure we have honest elections. 
Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger with us. You mentioned uh, HR one. It is in Washington. Uh, that would uh, you're right. Your characterization, uh, my understanding, is exactly right. Would federalize state and local elections. Let's talk about election reform in Georgia. Basically, be, seems to be coming down to a couple of points here. It looks as though the no excuse mail in absentee voting is going to continue to be a thing. They, it does look like the Republicans and maybe some Democrats are on board with with doing away with the signature match verification in in form of some other way of determining that person filling out the application is the same person filling out the ballot. Where are you on all this? Uh, We are the ones that proposed doing away with signature match because it is a very subjective measure. It was put into place by uh, Senator David Schaefer, who is now the state party chairman in 2005 with the No Excuse Absentee Voting Bill. And signature match is subjective. Uh, we stood up, stood up that online portal last year during the pandemic, and we're really be using that same model uh, where you use your depart- uh, driver services driver's license number, which connects you to DDS and photo ID, and you'll then also have your day, month, year, your birth date. So you have unique identifiers, which are very objective. So we can really identify that it's Tim Bryant that's re- requesting that absentee ballot. It's what's being used in many states, red states, blue states. It's being used in Minnesota, so Democrats should love it. But it's also used in red states, so Republicans should love it. So it's really a bipartisan measure. Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger with us. I want to talk about a couple of phone calls. Uh, the one you received from President Trump and the one that elections official in Cobb County received from President Trump uh, as we were gearing up for runoff elections, the two Senate runoffs. He's telling you that, that, that he's 11,000 some odd number of votes short. What are you thinking as you're taking that phone call? And, and another question, why is that phone call recorded and why did we ever hear it? Uh we have uh, post-certified uh, investigators, and as part of their duties, uh, they routinely, you know, make sure that they record it so they can go back and refer to it later. But as it relates to uh, President Trump believing he was 11,000 votes uh, short, I believe it. Uh, it's tough to say what goes through anyone's mind. But if he believes Sidney Powell, then he probably did believe that uh, there's, you know, something that had happened in these elections. But that's why we kept on saying, here's the facts, here's the information. And we kept on you know, getting our information out, getting our facts out. But, you know, we, we never had 80 million Twitter followers. And so we're really up against, you know, a tidal wave, a tsunami of disinformation. And so it swamped our boat. Many people still to this day probably believe that information even after Sidney Powell's lawyers have come out and said, oh, that wasn't, you know, truth of what we said. And any reasonable person wouldn't have believed it. Uh, the second phone call made to an elections official in Cobb County. I, I stand to be corrected here. I think her role uh, was to in, be involved in some of the the verification of signatures on absentee ballots. Uh, that was part of her responsibility there in Cobb County. She gets a phone call from President Trump. That call is recorded. Uh, and later released to, I believe, the Washington Post, which has to go back to Washington Post and correct some earlier reporting about the conversation between the two of them, the president and the woman there in Cobb County, uh, based on things we heard in the recording. The president didn't say what the Washington Post said he said. All right, here's the allegation that you folks in the Secretary of State's office knew the Washington Post reporting was inaccurate and did nothing to correct the record. What say you? Um, I didn't hear that tape until just a few weeks ago, and so it was really based on people's recollections. And whenever you have recollections, 
you're probably not going to get it down verbatim. And that's really what happened at the end of the day on that. Is it the role of the Secretary of State's office to be releasing these kind of recordings to the media, Washington Post in this case? Oh, that was, uh, as related to the investigator, that was not released until just recently as part of a Freedom of Information Request Act. Uh, up until that point, it really was just uh, people's uh, recollections. I had a call or I had a phone I had a a radio show interview with Tim Bryant uh, today, and this is what we talked about. And I'm sure I won't get this, you know, point by point verbatim. And that's really what it was. Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, circle back to where we started here. Your plan is to run, and you say to win next year. I don't think when you took office a couple of years ago, you were thinking you'd face uh, Republican primary opposition and not one but two opponents. I, I think we could characterize both of them as viable opponents. Uh, what is, and circle back to the same question we asked earlier, what is, and expand on this, what's the path to victory for you? Getting out and talking to people, sharing the story. The cold, hard facts are that President Trump did not win the state of Georgia. The cold, hard facts is that the state party chairman never really ran a campaign that really included absentee voting. During a pandemic, the Democrats latched onto that and the Republican Party refused to really, you know, build a ground game and build a strong, robust absentee ballot program until it was too late. And so that's what happened in Georgia. And you say there's actually data to suggest that President Trump, in some respects, talked himself out of winning Georgia by convincing some Georgia voters not to vote absentee. They didn't vote at all. Well, uh, we're pretty loyal folks. Uh, we listen to our leadership and a lot of people uh, you know, heard President Trump talk about the dangers of absentee voting, and yet he voted absentee in Florida. Uh, what he was really conflating was what they do in California. They actually send out live ballots to people that are unrequested. And that's not George, – Georgia doesn't do that. It's illegal to do that. You have to request a ballot. But people got confused about that, and they didn't see the security in it based on what they were hearing from their leadership. And Sec so it really depressed their turnout. Uh, and same thing uh, we think happened, uh, and maybe you have some data points to speak to this as well. Same thing we think happened in the Senate runoffs. In both cases, it looks as though, and we can even pin this down geographically, looks as though Republicans, specifically in Republican-rich northwest Georgia, stayed home on those runoffs. Well, Tim, i got an interesting story for you. Two days ago, a lady uh, was down at the Capitol for Department of uh, Juvenile Justice. She volunteered to be a poll worker uh, up in Ringgold. And she mentioned that during the runoff election that day, a lady came in, an older woman came in and said, I'm here to vote for the president. And she looked at her and she says, ma'am, the president's not on the ballot today. That's how much uh, disinformation and confusion was committed you know, by President Trump. And so people came out to vote on the runoff day for the two U.S. senators for President Trump, and he wasn't even on the ballot. And so there's just a lot of misinformation, confusion, and it wasn't helpful to our cause. Right. Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, best of luck moving forward. Thanks for your time this morning. Thanks, Tim. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.